The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Sometimes I know people on the outside, they can look at me and be like, oh God, I want to be more like you. You know, you get everything done. You, you know, this type of person, you such a a superhero and you got it all. No, ma'am. I always let these people know, for one, let's take a step back, slow down. I do not have it all. I know sometimes it can look that way on social media. It's like, oh God, you keep your hair done, your nails done. Your skin is flawless. I don't have everything all together. I make mistakes. I fall short. Don't run yourself into a hole trying to keep up with something that doesn't even exist. Perfection doesn't exist. Set your goals. Give yourself reasonable expectations. And just do what you need to do at a reasonable pace. These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is the good news. Welcome back to the Good News Podcast. Today's story is from Letitia. Letitia's story is a story I think every single one of us can relate to. Usually, when I sit down to record an interview, it can be a little scary. I am a complete stranger to Letitia coming in and asking her to open up to me about a challenging time in her life, but she had this steady, calm, almost even-keeled manner about her. She took her time, introduced me to some of her kids, and was incredibly warm and kind and open during our interview. She gives me the impression that she's a I will arrive when I get there kind of person. And I love that about her. Here's Letitia. My name is Letitia and I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. I was born in Columbus, but I moved to Cincinnati when I was like a year. So my high school years, I lived in Frankfort, Kentucky. So I always felt like I was a bit different from everybody there. They all had the Kentucky accent, and I did not. Um, My clothes was different. My hair was different. So I just, I did the best that I could while I was there, but I always felt like I was really, really different and kind of out of water. I just kind of, I just kind of kept, I just kind of kept to myself because everybody was so different and so strange. In Kentucky, it's common for kids to, teenagers they smoke cigarettes they chew tobacco it's just a lot of things is different that I wasn't accustomed to so I kind of didn't know how to take it and I just kind of stayed in my own little space I got my car at 16 I got my first apartment at 16 and I moved out my first apartment I had um I was not sick at all I was working doing private duty home health care you know, my kids were much younger before my son was born, my 15-year-old. Before he was born, I was doing home health care, and I was living um, on the west side of town in Cincinnati. Now, when I got sick is when I moved to Seven Hills, and that's where we basically raised all of our children. Me and my husband raised our children there. 
but I had started doing hair at that point, was doing braids and wigs and stuff, making money and taking care of my family, working from the home in Seven Hills. My sons were both younger in school, so we was kind of just getting married. Me and my husband just got married. We got my two youngest kids and we have his five kids. That's when the responsibility, I guess, got heavier and I felt like I had to make as much money as I can to try to take care of everybody, to try to maintain the house, the cars. It was a lot of responsibility. So I just fell into this pattern of getting up every day, working as hard as I knew how, barely eating, barely embarrassingly, like I really didn't even want to stop to take a break to use the bathroom. If I was in the middle of doing somebody's hair, I would hold because I didn't want to be the girl who, oh, she's always taking breaks. Oh, she's always leaving. Because I would hear other, you know, clients talk about other stylists complain about how the um, stylists would leave and go outside and smoke and they would stop and cook. So I didn't never want to have that reputation. So I always would like go above and beyond the call of duty to make sure that people was happy. I might make a little mistake with the time. You know, one client would come in 30 minutes before I got done with another client. So it's like, okay, I don't have time to eat. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't use the bathroom. I wouldn't take a break when I needed to. I felt like I had to make as much money as humanly possible so that I could take care of my family and give people, give them the life that I felt like they deserved. I was thinking that I did a great job. I would look like I would take all of the money out of my apron and I was like, oh, look, honey, I made $700 today. I would be so happy about what I did. But at the same time, I never even really got to enjoy it because I was so I was so tired. I made a few mistakes too, being that tired. I remember once I had what we call a rat tail cone and I put it in a pocket in the front of my apron so that the pick is sticking upwards, like towards my chin. And I remember basically like falling down in the bed and that pick was right underneath my chin to where if I would have relaxed my head, like put my head down as I lay down, I probably would have killed myself. One was the fact that my clients and my family, well, my family was my biggest clients. They would always tell me, I don't trust anybody to do my hair but you. I don't trust anybody to do my makeup. I know you're going to do it right. So it was a compliment, but it was exhausting. I felt like I had a score. Like my score was at 100% and I didn't never want to drop below 100% because I was the girl people would, you know, when they would recommend me to their friends, they would always say, Tish, she's going to make sure you get done. She's so reliable. And I just wore it as a badge of honor and I didn't feel like I had a right to say no. I put myself on a back burner. It was a lot of weddings, family events where I showed up and I wasn't even dressed properly because I had to get everybody else ready. Or at least I felt like I had to get everybody else ready. And that just kind of left me looking like the help. I, I thought I was just overworked. I wasn't sure. I couldn't tell. I didn't know. It's like I would go to sleep, but it's like I could never sleep enough. If I was up for more than three hours, it was like a struggle to keep my eyes open. So that was an early sign. And the extremely heavy menstrual cycles, that was a big one that I definitely should have went to the doctor about, but I just covered it up. I had so much responsibility that I just felt like I didn't have time to, like how my sister, she's a nurse, she would tell me that you need to go see a specialist. 
That's not normal, but I just felt like I didn't have the time to. Once your blood count gets so low, your immune system is compromised. So the littlest things will irritate you. I didn't know if it was the laundry detergent. I was confused. I didn't know why I was itching so bad. I went to the doctor because I couldn't sleep. It was so bad. I had hives. My lips were swollen. Um, my head was just itching uncontrollably. I tried to wash it so many different times. The itching got so bad that I, that's when I first time I went to the doctor and they misdiagnosed me with having scabies. They said that I had scabies and I used the cream. I used the wash. I did the treatment and it was like, it's still not getting better. It's not getting better. She said, so what do you do? What do you do for a living? I told her I was a hairstylist. She was like, oh, yeah, because you're, you know, putting your hands in people's um, hair, you know, before you wash it. You know, probably some things got caught underneath your nails. Yeah, it escaped because it was all over my hands, too. My hands was um, all broken out and everything. So they thought I had scabies. You know, when you go to the emergency room and they uh, give you the prescription for scabies, um, give you a prescription for anything, they usually tell you to follow up with your doctor. So I was obedient then. I said, okay, I'll follow up with my doctor. And I got to her um, office and she was like, um, you know, here, let me take your blood. That's when she did a little bit more intensive treatment. So she went and took my blood and she was like, this is not scabies. And I said, well, what do you mean? She was like, this is not, this, this isn't scabies at all. So she took my blood and that's when she discovered that my blood count was a four. A healthy person would have a blood count of, I want to say, 12 or more. When you start, when your blood level starts going below that, then, like I said, your immune system is compromised. You start having lack of energy. My blood count was so low that she told me if I would have had one more menstrual cycle, I probably would not be here talking to you right now. I was cold all the time. I was eating ice. That's a number. That's an, another sign. I just I would have all, I would have all of these symptoms, but I wasn't able to put it together. Like I just thought they were all random symptoms. Um, the itching, the heavy menstrual cycles, the um, lack of energy. I didn't I didn't realize it was all coming from one specific thing. She called me at home, told me that I needed to get to the emergency room, like, right now. When I get to the emergency room, that's when they did, like, some kind of microscopic procedure where they go, they take the microscope, go inside the vagina and take a look and see what's going on. That's when they discovered the four-pound tumor. That wasn't a menstrual cycle. That was the tumor leaking. I thought it was a period. It, it literally, towards the end, it would not stop. It was just continually, continually. There was no breaks like how you would be on your menstrual cycle and you would bleed for four or five days and then it's over. No, at the end, it never stopped. And I just didn't realize why my period wouldn't stop. I would try to get birth control pills. I thought it was a, a birth control issue. I had extra large super pads. I would go to the grocery store 
I remember coming home, I would be in the car, I would tell my son to bring me a towel. He already knew what was going on, so he would bring me a towel, he would walk behind me, he would have the bath water already running because my even my son, he knew what was going on. It was so big and out of control at the point when I had my surgery that it literally grew through my cervix. So they had to take my cervix out, remove the tumor, and then put it back in. A bit unbelievable, right? So I just had a surgery. They took my stomach out. They put it back in. They gave me a blood transfusion. I'm experiencing all of this pain, right? But guess what? Guess what? I was so happy when I woke up. I was ecstatic happy. I get happy just thinking about it because when they gave me the blood, now I can think clearly. It's like the room felt warm. My body temperature felt warm because I was nearly dead. I only had a blood count of four. I had lost my color. I had lost my hair. I had rashes and like stuff all over my skin. I was exhausted, tired. I was still working and I could not understand people, but I was too embarrassed to say that I couldn't understand. I asked Letitia, why as women, why as people, do we feel the need to always be doing everything at all times, always filling our to-do lists with more and more things to do? Why do we feel guilty when we need to take a break? It's like a it's like a it's like a badge of honor. It's like your your mark as a woman how well you can take care of your family. When you bring your kids to an event and your kids are dressed nice, they have good grades, they, you know, got a little money in the pocket if they want to go somewhere after, you know, what your family looks like and it's like a representation of what type of person you are. You know, sometimes when I see people and their children not taken care of, stuff is just in a disarray. We don't normally look at the man and say, oh, well, you're not taking care of your family. We look at the woman. And then the fact that I'm a hairstylist, it's like your kids have to have their hair done. Your sons have to have, my son has to have his hair done. Um, he has to have his hair done. I have to get everybody looking nice. I have to, you know... Make sure that I'm taking care of everything. I just, I don't know. I was so hard on myself. I literally was. And my husband was saying, even when he first met me, he said that that's one of the things that he was most attracted to when he met me is how well I took care of my family. My sons are so well-spoken and well-mannered. They hold the door. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, sir. You know, get the groceries. Have the clothes ready before school, lunch ready when they come home. He was so impressed with the way that I took care of my family that a lot of things that I went through, I didn't even feel comfortable telling him because that was what he was attracted to. So I was like feeling like I had to keep that up. In regards to my business, I had to be the best business owner. And not that people told me that I had to work every weekend or you know, I had to do all of these things to be considered to be the best business owner. I put that obligation and responsibility on myself. I had to make myself stand apart from all the other, you know, stylists that people would complain about. I, I did it to myself. I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I pressed play, 
When we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, but we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this, you have to check out NPR's podcasts. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories of joy, stories of resilience, stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Ashley here. Um, Raise your hand if you've ever felt guilty for taking a break that your body needed. Both of my hands are raised. I asked Letitia after this life-changing and very scary but very real experience, did she slow down? At what point did she give herself permission to stop being everything for everybody and start being everything for herself. So remember I told you we used to live on a main center street. That's the house where we raised our children at. We had three different living rooms. Everybody would stop over. People would just be randomly driving by. Hey, could you do my eyebrows? You know, hey, can you do my makeup? Can you do my hair? So when we moved from that center street all the way where we live now, we got a lake outside, it's a nice condo, it's out of the city, away from everybody. The environment being here literally like made my mind change. It was like, okay, I'm living away from everybody and I'm living nicer. I need for my behavior to match my environment. You can't be working and running around like a chicken. You know, just calm down, relax. I think the water settled me, the environment, you know, people out walking the little dogs. It's so nice out here. And I'm no longer working at home. I got my own salon open up. So I only have business hours where you can book your appointment online. You cannot call me and book. I just made so many changes with the move. When we moved away from that house, I moved away from all of the hectic, crazy behaviors that I had. I feel like when you work from home, you know, even when you are done technically doing your job and you go, you know, cook your dinner, you go do what you need to do for your family. You still kind of got a habit of going back to work because sometimes you might be in the bed and you want to watch a good movie, but then you look over at your desk and you feel like you would be more, you know, responsible. I'll just go over here and just do some work. You have to have some sort of, even if you take that desk and put it in a room and lock the door, you do not go in there after hours. Follow your own rules. When they say be your own boss, you literally have to be your own boss. There's nobody to tell you what to do and what not to do. So you have to tell you what to do and not to do. When you are off, you are off. Do not do anything else. You have to have your time to yourself because if you don't, you wind up burning out and you're not able to function even in a job like you want to function because you're doing too much. You have to... Yeah, you you have to delegate your time where it needs to be at or you'll just burn out. 
and you're thinking of all the things that you could do, that you want to do, that you plan on doing, you're still taking up that brain space that's supposed to be used for relaxation and you're still working. Whether you out up on the floor on your feet, you know, working, you're still working. If you on your profile and you're thinking of all the things that you need to do, oh, I want to change my brand color. Oh, I need to put this over there. Oh, I'm going to start doing more video. You're still working. You have to give your brain space and time to relax away from any type of work. Even your teachers would tell you when you would just be re in and it's like you're having a hard time, she would tell you to walk away from it. Walk away and then come back and then you can see it more clearly. We as grown people, we as working women, we have to learn to walk away. It's okay. Take a breath. Come back. It's still going to be here. Give yourself permission. It's okay. I have been making my own schedule for 15 years. Why is it that just about three months ago, I decided this is the first time I've ever made this decision. I said, I'm going to take off for two weeks. And I got on my booking app and I blocked myself off for two weeks. And at first it scared me. I was like, oh, I just did that. And I'm like, what if people start calling me and they don't know what's going on? I'm like, and I was like, who going to call me? Who going to check me? Nothing happens. When you came back, everything was still there. Everything was still working. It Nothing happens. But it's somewhere in your head when you're in a rat race mode and you thinking you got to do all this. I don't know what we think is going to happen if we take off for a couple of days, but everything is still there. It's absolutely perfect. You jump right back in and get started. I had to ask, what are you doing now to take better care of your health mental, physical, and emotional. How are you taking better care of you? It's at the top of the list. I used to be at the bottom of the list. I put myself at the top of the list. Nothing is getting done until I get myself together. I put space in between my clients. I put lunch breaks on my booking app. I, you know, bathroom breaks. I make sure that I am at the top of the list. Absolutely. I'm not in the middle, definitely at the bottom. I'm at the top of the list. If I have anything wrong, I call my doctor immediately. I guess I just give myself time and space. I don't hold things in like um, how I used to uh, not cry, how I used to hide stuff that was going on because I was embarrassed. I didn't want to be seen as less than. Now, if anything makes me feel away, I will have my good cry. You know, so I feel better afterwards. I don't walk around with a big ball of emotions on the inside. I speak up more. You know, my sons, I will give them responsibilities. You know, stuff that I used to just clean up their room for them or do everything for them. Now, no, none of that. Everybody helps. Once I had my surgery, when all of the dust settled and I looked at myself, I literally looked at myself like I took the hair weave out. I took the braids out and I was like, I knew it was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. I had patches, my edges, the braiding hair, because you remember I was allergic to everything. So the braiding hair had caused me to have such a bad reaction that I literally scratched patches of hair out of my head. I didn't have active thyroids and that causes dry skin, you know, scalp. It was, it was so dry. It was just a mess. So I started to need to put myself back together because 
I felt like I would be out of place telling somebody that I'm a hair care specialist. And they're looking at me wondering, well, why didn't you use your specialty on yourself? I found the best olive oil that I liked. I found the best coconut oil that I liked. I found the best oils that I could, and I just started mixing certain parts of olive oil to coconut to, like, I put everything together, and I started using it on myself. My hair started growing back. It started feeling better. Patches started feeling in. So I started to use it on my clients. Now I have so many clients that have waist-length hair. It literally turned into an entire business. So now I don't work as many hours as I used to, but I make more money because that oil became a business in itself. I have seven major beauty supply stores here in Cincinnati. That whole trial turned into a triumph. Like I literally have another business. I don't know if failure really exists in my world. I feel like if there's an opportunity that I passed, maybe that wasn't my door. Maybe that wasn't my door for me to go through. So, and whatever happens, either I'm going to learn something or I'm going to come out stronger. It was time to ask Letitia my favorite question to ask during the interview. However, I think everyone knows what it's like to overwork yourself, not listen to your body, or give yourself permission to step away from things when you need to. So I asked her, for all of us who have experienced this before, maybe not necessarily the health scare, but for those of us dealing with overwhelm, tired, exhaustion, and we're too hard on ourselves, what is the best piece of advice that you could give? Slow down. Slow down. Sometimes the biggest blessing is right in front of you you know sometimes we like to ask God you know over and over again God can you please do this for me can you please do this for me God 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 and we think if we keep on working real fast that you know God gonna give us the blessing by based on how hard we working how fast we going but literally sometimes the biggest blessing is right there in front of your face you just have to slow down to be able to see it you know, everything don't require you to move really fast. Just slow down. Sometimes the biggest blessing is right there in front of your face, but you have to slow down in order to see it. You cannot move at that speed. You don't need to work that hard. Like, just give yourself time. Give yourself space. Pace yourself. And sometimes you'll see things that's right in front of you. God has already blessed you. You just have to slow down in order to see it. Be easier on yourself. Don't do not do what I did. I don't know what we think like God is saying. Just ask me one more time and I'm going to give it to you. You know, God, please, can you do it? God, please, can you do it? Ask me one more time. God, please, can you do it? Ask me again. No, he already gave it to you. It's right there, but you won't see it unless you slow down. That's how I feel about my oil. Like I was trying to, I had the thought about it one day. I was like, now how many sew-ins what I have to do in order to get rich. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. So what am I going to do? So I was doing my website and I'm like, well, people buy that oil here and there. So maybe I'll just put that on a website. I started putting more into it, promoting it, telling people about it. I had some people that was coming back after months of using it. And they like, this oil really does work. It works. And I think about all the times 
that I was asking God, please increase. I was asking God for increase. Please, God, increase. It was right there. Slow down. Take your time. Pace yourself. Look around. And a lot of times you'll discover that the biggest gem, you already have it. Tap in. Pay attention. Pay attention to the signs. You know, listen. Focus. I think that's a big thing with meditation, like meditate really, because sometimes when you get in that meditative state, like when you slow down, you can really, really see. Sometimes you have to calm all of the senses down, calm everything down. And that's when your brain power gets sharp. And it's like you start zooming in on things. You'll have a gold mine sitting right beside your bed, a whole gold mine that you never thought about it because you're moving too fast. Just slow down. Start, start meditation. Meditation is important. Sometimes I know people on the outside, they can look at me and be like, oh, God, I want to be more like you. You know, you get everything done. You, you know, this type of person, you such a, a superhero and you got it all. No, ma'am. I always let these people know, for one, let's take a step back, slow down. I do not have it all. I know sometimes it can look that way on social media. It's like, oh, God, you keep your hair done, your nails done, your skin is flawless, your whole family looks beautiful, y'all taking these vacations, and you make on hours and you do what you want to do, and they think that it looks so perfect, and I'm just this person that has everything all together. I make mistakes. I fall short. Don't run yourself into a hole trying to keep up with something that doesn't even exist. Perfection doesn't exist. Set your goals. Give yourself reasonable expectations. And just do what you need to do at a reasonable pace. Don't ever look at somebody on the outside and think that they got it all going on and they just this perfect person who, you know, just got this schedule that everything looks perfect. It's not. It's not perfect. Don't kill yourself trying to get something that doesn't exist. As a final question to Letitia, I asked her, given all that's happened, all that she's been through physically, mentally, and emotionally, what is she most proud of? And if she could go back in time and speak to her younger self, what would she say? I'm most proud of, I guess, the fact that I overcame and came through that. Some people wouldn't have maybe not have made it. I came through and I came through. I feel like on top because I'm, you know, giving myself space, time, room to make mistakes, to not be perfect, take care of myself. It's like a a little girl. If I could look at the little girl me and tell her something, I would tell that girl to take your time be patient, be still, you know, trust yourself, do the best you can. I'm living that right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing the best I can. I'm being patient. I'm giving myself time. I'm giving myself space. I'm giving myself room. I'm taking care of that little girl inside of me that I, for so long, just ignored everything that I needed and tried to be everything for everybody else. Now I'm taking care of me and I'm proud of that. If you or someone you know is constantly dealing with feelings of overwhelm, experiencing burnout, or looking for ways to reduce stress, click the links in the description of today's episode. Slow down, y'all. Take care of your body, and if something isn't feeling right and you're concerned, 
book an appointment with your local healthcare professional. To keep up with Letitia and her journey and her business, you can follow her on social media, and those links are provided in the description as well. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week, with brand new episodes every Monday, brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.